Welcome to Sober Solutions. We are a weekly recovery podcast, not affiliated with any particular 12-step or recovery program. However, you may hear us mention them. My name is Jason, and I'm an alcoholic and addict. My name is Chris, and I'm an alcoholic and addict. My name is Ben. I'm an alcoholic and addict. And welcome back to Sober Solutions Podcast. Tonight is episode 31, and we're going to be talking about the topic of forgiveness. And specifically, I want to know about how you are forgiving yourself for all the damage that you may have caused in the past. Um, We're going to talk about, you know, how we have experienced forgiveness in our lives over the last year. And then one thing I'm really interested in hearing from you guys tonight is knowing that we have done some shameful or regretful things in the past, um, still understanding that we are not doormats and that people have harmed us, how it's been to forgive others. And if that if you found that easy or not, or if you're still struggling with that. So Chris, why don't you kick us off tonight? I think forgiveness is very, very difficult. Uh, forgiveness and recovery, I would say, is even more exponentially uh, difficult. Uh, forgiveness is difficult because, you know, it doesn't change the past. But what it does is it enlarges the future. Um, You know, there's two types of forgiveness. I think you can either forgive others or forgive yourself. And, you know, I'm sure we'll dive into forgiving others like you discussed. But I think what I struggle with the most is forgiving myself. I get stuck in this constant loop of the what ifs. What if I didn't pick up and where would our lives be if I didn't do X, Y, Z? You know, I have two kids, as everyone knows, and it's hard not to think how my actions have changed their lives. And, you know, obviously it's pointless to sit there and harp on what's been done. I can't change the past, but to sit there and forgive myself for affecting, you know, two of the three people that I love most in this world is a very challenging thing. Um you know, financially, we'd be in a better shape. Uh, Thank God that they're really young. And I hope that I haven't affected them too much emotionally. But you never know. Um, And like I said, I do constantly sit there and just think, you know, what if, what if, what if, and then you get or I get in this point where I think of myself in a very negative um, light. And that's not healthy. Um, I know that in life, I have great intentions. I would never in my life do anything to harm my kids purposely. But as you guys know, addiction makes you do things that is completely out of the realm of what your intentions would, uh, what, you know, what you would do, you would never do, uh, you would never put them in harmful situation. Well, I put them in harm, you know, dangerous situations. I would never uh, get high around my kids, but, you know, I, I've said this before, but I've been high around my kids. And, you know, that dives into having others forgive you. I'm sure my wife has a very hard time getting over that. And intentions versus reality, they don't always align when you're in active addiction. 
So do you think that forgiveness and specifically in your case, Chris, not forgiving yourself or not forgiving yourself to the fullest extent, do you think that that's had an impact on your recovery process over these last 10, 11 months? I would say yes. Uh, I see people that are much further along um, in their emotional maturity. And when I say that, you know, obviously everyone's different. You know, some people may do well in forgiveness and struggle and whatever, fill in the blank. I think forgiveness is the thing that I struggle with the most. And I, I would say as far as my development and recovery, what it does is it makes me stay in an emotional state that I don't want to stay. It, you know, it's, it's very easy for me to think of the past and then think that, you know, pardon my language, that I'm a piece of shit. And I know that I'm actually not this bad person. I know that I want to do the right thing, um, have my children grow, be a good role model. But as far as how it affects my daily recovery, if I was able to truly forgive myself and move on, I think I would be further along in this process. Um, but it is what it is. And the fact that I, I am where I am and I don't think I can push anything. I could just continue to try to grow, communicate, talk to my sponsor. I talk to my sponsor a lot about forgiveness. Um, and you know, I'm the one with the addiction and I find myself thinking that I have to forgive my wife. And I know she wasn't the one in addiction. However, for certain situations, I do think about reasons to forgive her. And I, I get in this, you know, this like time loop almost where I'm just, I want to forgive, but I can't forgive. And then I think negative thoughts about myself and the process of working through that is what recovery is. And, you know, not comparing myself, I just think some people are better at the forgiveness process than I am. It's well said, Chris. And Ben, thinking about this concept of self-forgiveness, have you been able to forgive yourself for past actions or how is this journey going for you? Oh, I don't want to talk about forgiveness. Well, when you texted us and you're like, tonight's topic's forgiveness, I was like, all right, cool. It's going to be great. I'm going to talk about it a lot. And then as we sat down, I was like, shit, I haven't really touched forgiveness in my recovery yet. And it, I shouldn't say that I haven't touched it. Like, I don't know if it's, uh, I haven't purposely tried to, to dive into it. But I remember something in rehab. Um, it was one of the seminars that they did. And it was it was about forgiveness, and like you know, forgiveness is a choice. Like you know, I forget what the four steps are, but it's it's like you you know identify the issue or the problem with the person. You uh, take in consideration other you know you know outside circumstances you know were they doing the best that they could etc you make a make a decision to forgive them or to not forgive them and then you're at peace with that decision 
And so like everything else in recovery or in, in early recovery, I was like, yeah, all right, well, I'm going to forgive everybody. We're good. And just kind of move on. And that didn't work. And so, yeah, forgiveness is just a whole lot. There's, it, it's, it's like an octopus. It, the tentacles touch everywhere. And there's, you know, will my daughters forgive me? Will my ex-wife forgive me? Will my family forgive me? Will my friends forgive me? Will, will I forgive others? Have I forgiven others? Um, and I think that it's just become too much to try to focus on. So I, in, you know, I kind of just pare it down to this, you know, just for today mentality of like, you know, 10 step it and like, do I, do I need to be forgiven? Do this, do I need to forgive somebody? And I, you know, because it's, it's almost, it would, I feel like it would almost be too overwhelming to try to figure out, well, it's not, I don't even know if it's that it would be too overwhelming to figure out if people are forgiving me. I just don't, today, I don't need that validation of whether, like, because again, if I'm, if I'm going with the idea that, that it's a decision that I make to forgive somebody. Well, that's somebody else's decision if they're going to forgive me. And I can't spend time trying to figure out if they're going to forgive me or not. I, it can't influence me in terms of who I am or what I'm doing as long as I'm, you know, working my program and, and doing the next right thing. Like if they don't, if they still don't forgive me, okay, then that like, then they're entitled to not forgive me. But like, you know, I think, you know, I know Chris and I share this, um, th this uh, bond, if you will, of, of having, you know, young kids and his are younger than mine. So hopefully they've, they've been spared the emotional roller coaster that mine have gone through, um, you know, and it's, it's literally, it's one of those things that I, I don't know if they're, like they're 11 and six and they handle it pretty well for the most part, but not always great because they're 11 and six. So, you know, it, it's like literally the time to figure out if they'll forgive me is like 10 years down the road when they've identified if I need to be forgiven and then if they can get to that spot. So for me, it's like, okay, well, and, and those are the people that I want, you know, and, and, and my ex-wife too. I like, like the forgiveness from her would be, again, it's not something I'm seeking, but I, you know, going through this process of recovery, I've realized how much I influenced her and, or how, how, what a negative influence I was on her and her life. And so it's like, yeah, you know, that, my bad, my, my bad, you know, and, and so, yeah, to, that would be, it would be nice to get that forgiveness. But again, it's just not something I'm seeking uh, every day. So you mentioned the 10th step and you know, taking that daily inventory for those who aren't part of an AA or NA program, it's really taking an inventory and looking at how you are doing in that day so that you can continue to make better choices, take better actions the next day. Since you're part of this program, you know, the, the fourth step is really all around um, looking at past harms. 
And then in the eighth and ninth step, taking those harms, making a list of people that you need to make amends to, and then in the ninth step, making those amends. And, you know, part of me wants to say that's part of the forgiveness process, but what has your experience been in doing those amends, going to someone and saying, hey, here's how I wronged you, and I'm taking accountability for that, I'm sorry for that. You know, were you looking for forgiveness there? Or were you not? Or did you get any forgiveness there? Or, or what's your relationship to that? Um, no, I don't think that I was looking for forgiveness. Um, because, you know, my sponsor kind of prepped me for like, listen, the, their reaction is going to be their reaction. And whatever that is, is fine. Like, so don't like, so I went into it with no expectations. And and again, I just like, the, I, did, I didn't need forgiveness because it wasn't my place to ask for it. Um, you know, because it, it's just, you know, the, I, I looked at those different, I don't, I don't necessarily look at those 12 steps in like, like the here's like, uh, how do I want to say this? It's not, I don't look at the amends as like something that I have to do for my program to, um, to, to continue on with my life. I look at them as, you know, the first three steps are, are, Hey, you don't have this at all. Whatever you think you, whatever, whatever you think, like you, not only do you not have it, but you need something else. And then four through like, you know, eight and nine are like, Hey, this is how you've been screwing up. Not only, so not only do you not have this, but here's how you've been screwing up and, and we're going to look at all of it. We're not going to, if you only want to take out some of it, then you're, you're only going to shortchange yourself because you're going to hold stuff back. And then, and then, you know, five is, is admitting it to another person so that you can see it's just not that damn scary. Like you can wrong people, you can admit it and then you can move on. And then this, you know, so it's this process of, 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 not so much asking for forgiveness in my eyes, but for realizing that you can be in a position to ask for forgiveness, whether or not you get it is, you know, completely relevant to the situation. But so for 10, that's where I, I think you find yourself. I, I, I go, I go back to what you said about the, uh, not being a doormat. Like, you know, it's, I, I think I use that on myself probably more than, um, I don't want to say more than most, but it just becomes this thing where it's like when you 10 step it, it's really easy to be like, okay, how'd you screw this up today? And it's like, you, you know, it's just, again, being okay with the idea that you're not perfect today. And so I don't, I, you know, I don't kind of look at the amends as a chance for forgiveness. The amends are just to, if there's somebody in your life that you've wronged, you have the opportunity to say, hey, listen, I know I've wronged you. Um, and it's a pro it was a byproduct of this behavior and this is how i'm changing that behavior you know and so yeah it, it's um like i said forgiveness is just such a it is such a murky topic for me because it can get it can it can get so disorganized that i i try to i don't i don't want to try i don't want to say i try to stay away from it I try not to swim so deep into it. I liked what you said about 
not searching for forgiveness when you're doing your amends, because I think that that takes away from the amends process. You know, if I'm walking into an amends, hoping that this person forgives me, I'm not there for the reason that I think I should be, you know, I should be there to clean up my side of the street, to take accountability and ownership of my past actions. And if they forgive me, they forgive me. Like you said, if they don't, which has happened, then they don't. And that's their choice. One thing that I want to ask both you and Chris is you both mentioned your children. Now, do you think that not being able to get that forgiveness or even have like that in-depth conversation with your young kids around recovery and what has happened one do you think that's really top of their mind and two is them not forgiving you in a a sense uh holding you back in your recovery somehow or are you kind of waiting for that for myself i i think Due to their age, you know, my kids are four and one, where Ben's are um, a little older. What is it? She 12. Um, you know, he 11 and six. Okay. So it, they're not at an age where they're fit, where they're actually processing. So in one regard, I think it's harder because I can't have that in-depth conversation saying, daddy has a problem, daddy's doing this. Uh, I want you to be open, honest, and willing to talk if you have questions. I can't have that conversation due to their age. But what it does allow me to do and what I am doing is doing a living amends. Um, my, my way of quote unquote seeking forgiveness, and you guys said it very well, you know, you can't expect uh, someone to come in and just say, okay, everything's all right. You know, you're good. But what I can do is each day, try to do better, try to do a living amends and in the future, have an open and honest conversation about daddy's past. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at with that. Uh, you know, Ben, I'm curious what your answer is being a different, um, age group. Before you do that, I've never heard that. Uh, Murphy's topic, please elaborate. <laughs> I feel like I'm well-versed. I've never heard that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Ugh. Mm. Yeah, this is such... It's, it's, it's a... It's a it, I'm not avoiding the question. I'm, I'm, it's, it's such a hard topic to, um, to talk about because it's there's just so much uncertainty um, because they're, they are at this impressionable age. Like, you know, there's, there's just, they understand that I went away. They understand that I, I didn't come home. They understand that mom and dad got divorced. You know, they, they understand that those are realities, but they don't understand necessarily why it's because they have not yet been exposed to the world and so i'm a i'm obviously a little um closer than you are to having to deal with it but the, it's it really is it's a it's a living amends because i don't i don't subscribe to the notion that if i wasn't an alcoholic that i wouldn't have have been divorced you know i don't i don't think that that would have been true it definitely didn't help things but you know it 
it just we you know we didn't have the type of relationship where either one of us wanted to work on it um and for her probably rightfully so um and and so you know i know she didn't take that decision lightly but you know this you, you know so i'm kind of in this place where it can be really easy for me to like when we talk about forgiveness we could talk you know i could i could get really you know I could throw a real good pity party for myself, um, you know, that I was robbed of the chance of, you know, getting to make a glorious comeback. Um, but it's just not healthy. It's just not the reality, if I'm being honest about it. So it becomes, what do I do in the interim? How do I change? How do I make that living amends when I don't, don't get to see them every single day? And it, it does come from that being open and honest and, and, and letting them know that, you know, that it's confusing. It's confusing for me. Like I went through it. Like I still like that whole time in my life was a, such a blur um, that it's just very, yeah, it's, it's a lot for me to process. So then to try to put that on, um, you know, the mind of a kid, just it's, it's, it's almost too much. So it becomes one of those things where my living, living amends is to just be open and honest with them about it. Um, answer any questions that they have and, you know, give them credit because kids are way smarter than we tend to give them credit for. So, you know, it, it's, you know, um, it's not something that I can run from. It's just also not something that today I can uh, fix or heal. And so I, you know, I, that's really where I subscribe to the one day at a time principle, because it's literally like I would, I could rack myself with so much guilt over what I've done and, and the things and the things that I could say got me to this position that it would just completely deflate me as a person. And that's just not who I want to be today. Yeah, this uh, this shows that once again, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, the feelings are all the same. You know, uh, you know, Jason's going to discuss his relationship with forgiveness, but we have different age children. We have, you know, grew up in different um, parts of New Jersey, but the feelings of forgiveness and where we're at and the kids like all that is still the same. Um, you know, we talked a lot about resentment and uh, guilt. And I think getting stuck in the past and feeling resentment and bitterness only makes it more difficult to find happiness in the future. Um, you know, it's, I, I guess, Jason, what have you done to let go of those items and try to focus on recovery and not get stuck in that, you know, poor me, I'm a, I'm a bad person for everything I've done, because I'm sure we could all sit there and just make a list of all the harm we've had. How do you get past that? What do you, what tools do you use? Well, this was also a journey for me, just like the two of you have described as well. And one thing when I was going into rehab, I was talking to a couple sober, pe sober people beforehand. And 
something that someone said to me was when you're in there for the 28 days that you're there, learn how to forgive yourself. And I didn't know what she really meant. I, I did, you know, in theory, but I, I took that on. And I remember I was in my room and it was either in between classes or at the end of the night. And it was early on, probably maybe a week and a half in, um, where I actually looked into the mirror and I said, I forgive you. And it was so hard. It was so hard because at that time I hated looking in mirrors because all I saw was myself and I didn't like the person that was looking back at me. And I had to do it a couple times because the first time it was just an exercise. The first time it was just words. And then I realized that there's so much that I could bog myself down with. I'm in this institution for a purpose. You know, I, I'm there to learn. I'm there to get and stay sober. I'm there to make connections with people, whether I kept them or not. Unfortunately, I kept them with the three of you here. But I was there to learn. And learning how to forgive myself was was big. And there's something that has always been ringing in my mind, you know, and it and it really relates to this concept of one day at a time. If I'm if I'm worried about what's going to happen tomorrow and how people are going to treat me tomorrow and how I'm going to respond to things tomorrow, that's going to bring up my anxiety. And if I'm worried about the stuff that I've done in the past, that's going to make me depressed. And so by living in this moment, just trying to do and doing the next right thing and the next right thing and the next right thing, then it helps me stay the person that I am today. And of course, there's going to be things that I want to change. I choose one thing. What's one thing that I need to do better tomorrow than I did today? And sometimes it's just forgiving myself for snapping at my sister, for not listening in a meeting, for showing up late to something. Um, you know, those things aren't consequential in terms of like, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna, each individual thing is going to take me out. But if they keep adding up, they're going to, it's going to bog me back down and I'm going to start getting depressed. There's this, there's this quote by, I think he's a theologian, um, Louis Smedes. He says, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. And that quote just sums up what forgiveness is for me. When I forgave myself, I remember I did two things in, in rehab that really stuck with me. One, I put all my bullshit up on a shelf and I said, hey, Howard Power, take care of this. The other thing is I started to love myself. And forgiving myself was a big part of that. And once I did that, it, it felt like I stepped into this new existence. And I don't think it's like you forgive yourself 
and that there it is. You, you know, it's over. You're done with. You never have to forgive yourself for anything else again. I think it's a journey, you know, because we're human beings and and we we fuck up sometimes. And knowing that I have today to fix it, and hopefully I have tomorrow to make it even better, I get to then live then instead of worrying about the mess that I created. I really like what you said about not being able to or having a tough time looking at yourself. That reminds me of, I really like, I really like what you said about having a tough time uh, staring in the mirror, having a tough time looking at yourself because all you saw was yourself. Uh, that reminds me of the 30 for 30 about Chris Heron, the NBA basketball player, um, you know, the, the star. And he was heavily addicted to he was an alcoholic. He was a drug addict. And a story that always stuck with me on that. Uh, documentary was how his wife noticed when he got sober that his razor moved from the shower to the um, the mirror and she didn't understand why and he said the exact same thing he said I for years I could never stare at myself while shaving because I hated what was looking back and you know that just shows the power of recovery uh, it's it's something and then I also relate to Forgiving yourself for the small things because they add up to the bigger things. So not listening in, in a meeting or maybe you cut somebody off. Uh, today, for example, I had a, a pretty contentious meeting with an owner. Um, I'm running a project. Uh, the owner didn't like how I stopped something. It was a safety issue and I was trying... But regardless, his perception was that we were trying to um, not work that hard and we were being lazy. And I, I snapped because my intention was to keep the guys as safe as possible. And, you know, I felt I had this gut like feeling for the last day because, you know, I got heated and it got really, like I said, contentious. And you know what? I forgave myself. And um I apologized to him as well. And, you know, like you said, he didn't take it, actually. He didn't take it well. But at the end of the day, I was cleaning my side of the street, and I don't have that feeling inside anymore. I really, honestly, I know what my intentions were. I know that I tried to apologize for my role in this situation. And those small things add up to becoming a more quote unquote recovered person. And that's part of the journey. Yeah. The, I, I don't tend to find myself in those situations that much anymore because of my effort to stay present. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's because it's, it, I actively try to stay in the moment, you know, for so long it was, like I would get, I would be so excited about a situation and then I would get into the situation and then I would find myself getting excited about the next thing that was coming because I was just like, what's next? What's, what's next? What's next? And that's just not the way it is in that today. And that, that's, that can be in it. That could be in a meeting, a meeting that like, I found myself in a handful of meetings where about 12 seconds in, it's like, 
this doesn't have anything to do with me. The, the, the old half second principle of like within, within a half a second, you should know what, how this affects you and, and what your role is going to be. And, you know, for me, it's, I think it's, it's, it's just, I, I don't know where it comes from. I think it's a, a, uh, learned thing that I've kind of gotten over time is that, and I, and I think, I think I've been able to put a name on it now with this idea of acceptance and page 417 and the acceptance, acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. You know, whatever's going on in your life is the most important thing to you and whatever is going on in somebody else's life is the most important thing to them. And one of the things that would happen, um, at, at work, you know, you know, taking nine one one calls and, um, they would, you know, you, we would have some sort of emergency going on where it's this massive job or whatever, and it's an emergency. And then some lady from, you know, the other side of town calls and it's like, Oh, my dog ran away. And it's like, internally, you want to be like, lady, don't you know what I have going on in here? No, she doesn't. She doesn't. It's because, you know, you know, it's very easy for us to hear one thing and then make a judgment about something. And so, you know, you know, to Chris's story about, you know, hearing, you know, the, this client hearing one thing and then making a reaction based off of it, he didn't have all of the information, you know? And so for me in those situations, I just turn it to, Hey, this, this person doesn't know everything that I know and that's okay. And so, and so, you know, in terms of, so for me, I mean, I, I do take these proactive steps to try to make sure that I don't find myself in a place where I need to ask for forgiveness because I hate asking for forgiveness because I hate being wrong. Not, yeah, no, I hate being wrong. I hate being wrong. I hate having to ask for forgiveness because it sucks. And, and, and it's just, you know, it, so for me, it, it's about getting out in front of those things which starts with being honest and it starts with being honest with myself and then being honest with those around me. And then, you know, because for so long to echo the, the, the couldn't look in the mirror, mirror sentiments, I couldn't look in the mirror for like the last two years of my addiction. Like I hated it. And now I don't mind it so much. It's, you know, I'm not saying that I'm, you know, Fabio over here, but it's, uh, you know, I don't look like Jason, but you know, it, it's not so bad these days. I, I like how you were. Um, I like how you were honest there. You caught yourself about <laughs> um, your intentions there. Good job. You know, I, I just actually before this episode, when we were when we picked the topic, I looked up uh, forgiveness. You know, did a quick Google search, forgiveness and recovery, just to kind of understand other people's thoughts. And I, I have this stat that I thought was very interesting. It said one national poll by Gallup showed that 94% of Americans believe that it is important to forgive others. Yet the exact same poll shows that less than 50% had actually tried to forgive those who offended them. So although forgiveness is uh, something that's important, it seems, you know, people just don't know what forgiveness looks like. Uh, they don't know how to do it, or maybe they find it too painful to actually do the whole process. So I just thought that was interested in importance versus what people actually do. So I got a phone call or a text message earlier today from my ex-husband. 
who I haven't talked to in a year. And he wanted to connect and he wanted to have another conversation um, just because he needs to continue to process some stuff for us to have any type of relationship. And, you know, for me, as I've been thinking about this, you know, having a relationship with him for as mild as it may be, you know, maybe a text on his birthday or maybe, you know, a, a call on Christmas or something like that. I still want to have that, you know, because for me, I spent eight years of my life with someone. I don't want to just throw that away. And, you know, there are times that I think about him and I hope he's doing well. And, but he wants to have this conversation. And I'll tell you, a year ago, I would not have been in the mindset for it or been in the place to be able to have even the quick phone call that we had today. Um, you know, because I have forgiven myself for the things that I've done and I've forgiven him for the things that he's done. And even though during our amends, you know, he, he apologized for something very specific that I'm not going to share, but, um, he didn't really apologize for anything else or take responsibility or ownership or anything else. Not that I was looking for that, like we were talking about Ben, um, but he just didn't do that. And I didn't have an ability to forgive him then, but I did the work afterwards to be able to forgive him. And before actually having the conversation to do my amends with him, to have that, that level of forgiveness that, he was doing the best he could at that time, just like I was doing the best that I could at that time. And, you know, it's hard. I mean, life is life is hard. And if I couldn't forgive him, I couldn't be in this space now where I'm able to have a conversation with him. And so, you know, for as little of a relationship as we have now, it's still it's still something and that and that means something to me back into you know making decisions with two percent of the information you know like you know you came into that situation looking for you know him to maybe take ownership of something and that's not what he was coming into the, to the conversation to do he wasn't he wanted something else he 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 wanted validation about something or closure for something, you know, and so him not working a program of, of recovery, it, you know, not that he should, if he's, if he gets sober, you know, he's, he's a normie, but it becomes this, you know, he, he, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he might not have those introspective tools that we now have, um, you know, that you can walk away from a conversation like that and go, you know what, that didn't go the way I wanted it to go. But then again, that's just, th th there's a great example of us imposing our own will. Like for me, I, there are rarely conversations that don't go the way that I want them to go because I stopped trying to make them go the way that I wanted them to go, you know? And so whatever, it, whatever it shall be, shall be. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, that, that is a, uh, you know, a sentiment that, that I, I do understand that, you know, you had a relationship with somebody for an extended period of time and, 
you don't want to just throw that all away. But at the same time, it becomes, well, what does that relationship look like? And what does that, you know, it, it, it um, becomes this question of what value does it add to your life? And I think that's if we're asking those questions in all of our affairs, you know, um, I think, that, you know, really any situation, anytime you're not listening to a meeting or you're, you're getting snappy with a client or, you know, you're, you're trying to rush through the zoo because you just want to be done with it. You know, it, you know, I think it becomes, well, what is, what's my goal here? What is, what is going to be the, the best? Is this going to have an outcome that is positive for me? Well said, Ben. Well said. Well, great conversation tonight, guys. I think we're going to keep it short and sweet to the point. And as always, each and every single one of our episodes is dedicated to the still sick and suffering alcoholic and addict, especially the individual who's going to pick up for the first time tonight. Have a great night, guys. Have a good night. Have a great night. We appreciate your liking and subscribing to our podcast. If you liked what you heard today and would like to support our podcast, feel free to Venmo a dollar to our virtual basket at Sober Solutions Podcast. We want to hear from you too. If you have a comment, question, topic, or would like to come on the show, find us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at Sober Solutions Podcast. Or you can shoot us an email to SoberSolutionsPodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show.